Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, guys? East Coast Trev here. Before we kick off this great podcast with Mr. Brady from Pheasant Run Ranch in Kansas... I just want to talk shop with you really quick and let you guys know what's going on with the Outdoor Drive. We've been on the road. We've been at shows. We've been talking to all these people. We've had some really great podcasts. If you guys missed out on them, go back and listen to them. I don't want you guys to miss out on this good stuff. But in the meantime, we've revamped and built a new website from our good buddy Christian Costa over at Dirt Road Agency. He's done a phenomenal job in building it. Go and check that out. While you're there, hit that merch tab. Steven's done a great job in building new logos. We have some turkey logos, the Outdoor Drive turkey logos, on some t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts. We have the regular stuff, just the Outdoor Drive logo, on some really good merch also. We're going to be building merch as the month unveils here for you guys. So go and check that stuff out. I want you, before you guys leave that website, scroll all the way down the bottom. There is a mailing list, like an email mailing list so get your email in there sign up for that so you guys can keep more intimately in touch with us here at the outdoor drive podcast so that we can send you what's going on special promotional codes uh different things that we release and so on and so forth just so you guys know what's going on in the world of the outdoor drive podcast other than just the podcast you know we want to make that family connection with you guys because you guys are family to us so go on and do that we're not going to sell it to nobody i promise when your email comes to us it's safe with us i promise you so just get on there and do that for us it just just we want to make a more family surroundings you guys know what's really going on with us in in our world uh to to conclude with that and move on to the next thing i want to talk to you guys with nor'easter game calls has just finally broke into the latex world the mouth calls right mark has been doing a phenomenal job up there we've been working back and forth uh we have three cuts on our turkey calls they are ready for opening day they are up on the website we have a bat wing a shipwreck and just a regular v cut a great, great call. There's two different series. There's the Cheating Hen, and I think it's the Widowmaker. I'm not really sure exactly what it is. Honestly, I kind of forgot. But go and check that out. Uh, if you guys are on our social media, I'm going to be posting up some videos of me using these calls so you guys can hear them, have some sound files, and know what you guys are buying. Uh, so get on over there. Check that out. Get on the social media. Get on the mailing list. Get on the website. Maybe check out a new piece of merch. Grab a sticker, so on and so forth. We really appreciate everything that you guys do for us here at the Outdoor Drive Podcast. Your support is just breathtaking. You guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much. Let's get on with the show. Enough of me talking. Let's go check out Brady. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy East Coast Trev, actually still down at the Iowa Deer Classic on day three. 
really looking forward to it. Kind of slow today, but um, got to meet a friend from a mutual friend, good friend Brady. How are you, man? Doing good about yourself. Oh, just hanging in there. It's a beautiful day. Not too hungover. It's, it's, <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's not It's not raining today. There's no tornadoes. We yeah. don't have to worry about none of that stuff. Where I come from, there's not many tornadoes, so yeah, it was we, a little... The, uh, you can always tell there's a storm coming in the Midwest because the beer cart line got a little longer. Is that what happens? Yeah. Everyone gets a little nervous. <laughs> the and tornado warnings went off on the phone, and rather than seeking shelter, they were seeking a cold one. You know, they like, said if they're going, they're going, yeah. they're going drinking, yeah, right? It's like it must be the Midwest vibes. They ha- they have to have a beer to to watch the storm roll in. There's really nothing wrong with that, though. I guess no. I mean if you're gonna go, you might as well be drunk. Yeah. We're from Kansas, so we're just like this is a Tuesday. Is that <laughs> normal? Is that a normal we, like, thing? Yeah, we had like a windstorm clear back in December that. We had like 100 mile an hour winds, no rain, no anything. And in fact, we were joking. We haven't had rain so long in our country that we walked outside. We're like, this is what this is what rain looks like. This yeah. is water coming from the sky. Like we have mud on our boots, you know. So <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway. And you need it, though, from where you're from, though. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're typically pretty dry. It's pretty normal to only get, you know, 20 inches or so a year. Kind of similar to De- uh, Devon's up there. But, yeah. But uh, it's been way dry. No snow, no anything. Yeah. This So... A little that's, nervous. That's crazy. Well, why don't we turn this key, man? Let's get this thing underway. Why yeah. don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Yeah, so my name's Brady Burks. I'm the owner of Pheasant Run Ranch. We're uh, Upland Deer, Turkey, uh, Hunting Lodge in north central Kansas. And yeah, just down here at the Iowa Deer Classic, trying to showcase more or less our deer hunting. You right. know, our, our turkey hunting and our upland bird hunting is uh, pretty good at this point, but... We really could take more deer hunters, and that's what we're trying to do is network, hanging out. So. That's awesome. So so when did Pheasant Run start? So actually, it was established in 2008, um, and I didn't come up there. I wasn't up there from the very beginning in 2008. I actually, uh, long story, but uh, came up here to manage the ranch from a previous owner, and I managed it for three or four years, and, and then they decided to sell it. or asked if my wife and I wanted to buy it. We were the managers, and they had another ranch they were looking at and gave us the opportunity to buy it and so we took over and i think we're going this will be like our fourth hunting season is ownership so been up there almost six years now in that country in north central kansas i'm originally from the east side of the state part of the state of kansas that looks like a a graham cracker that had a bite taken out of it you know yeah Um, and yeah my wife's from the west side of the state so we live right in the middle we're three hours either way to our hometowns but um you know kind of we we bought it and (laughs) Actually, at the show, a guy was like, you know, who owns it? Because, you know, I sound like I'm 12. I got a high-pitched voice, and <laughs> I look like the youngest guy in the booth. And they're like, oh, you the owner? And they all pointed to me. They're like, he owns it. And the guy goes, somebody die? <laughs> Come on, like, did they really? Yeah, he's like, somebody die? You inherit it? And I was like, no. And he's like, you can be honest, man. And I was like, no, I, I bought it. And the booth next to us was like, you're only 28, and you own this ranch in Kansas? And anyway, all that to say is we bought it because I said I'd rather buy it and fail now and, and be able to do something else if it doesn't work out then be 40 and say man what if right you know so, so you so, were you were what 22 years old when this all started uh, yeah when I came up I was, when I came up to originally manage the ranch pheasant run ranch um it was privately owned obviously and and they guided a few hunts and things um but I was actually there was like an intern at a k-state is how I kind of got the job um and so yeah I was I was just a pup they 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 gave me a long leash. They they were, I can on their behalf. I mean they they put a lot of trust in me at a young kid like that. I mean, because there is no supervision out there. There is I mean you are your own boss. You That's know? crazy. So and now so, I'm definitely my own boss. Right. <laughs> anyway. So so what did you have to do to manage it to get it to the to where it is today? 
Yeah, I mean, just hard work. I mean, yeah. our operation's so diverse because we are an actual. There's some people that you know, you know, name any ranch, hunting ranch X, and they are just the hunting, the outfitting. But we are a legitimate ranch. We've got cows. We've got, you know, cropland. You know that we. Um, so it's a working farm and. Uh, <laughs> And, and a hunting and lodge. And the hunting lodge, yeah. So w- when you say get it to where it is today, I'm, you know, I to be honest, I, we're not anything special. I wouldn't say, like, where it is today, like, you know, I'm I'm still traveling. I want to get it somewhere else, you know. But mostly it's just hard work and, and uh, a lot of prayer. I mean, like, yeah. it, there's, I mean, I'll be honest, there's days that it's, it's hard. It was a lot more fun as a manager when you didn't own it than it is owning it well when you lose it that's it it's over yeah there's no there's no just you got to check on on friday and you just kept moving along there is none of that you have to just keep on chugging along and keep going yeah we were talking last night and we were out uh, you know everybody watches yellowstone you probably watch yellowstone or 1883 and we were talking i said you know i watched that and there's a lot of people watching at home and and just for what it is and i said i think too much and I said, I watched that, and it, like, resonates with me. And not like, oh, someone's trying to take my land. But, I mean, it is, it is like, it's a battle every day, like, to... Keep it afloat. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, like, playing my tiny violin, but, I mean, you see people all the time on the Internet talking about fuel prices and grocery prices and all this stuff. Like, part of being at the show, it's like, we have to do all these things in order, you know, oh, man, you're 28, no, no ranch, that's cool, yada, yada. It's like, you know, it's... We have to do all these things in order to continue to do all these things. That's one of those things, and we talk about that a lot, is that, oh, it must be nice. People say to you, it must be nice. Yeah, it must be nice. It must be nice to work your ass off (laughs) every single day to grind, to even put food on the table. And it's not the greatest meal in the world, but it's it's on there. And that in a, a drop of a hat, you can lose everything that you yeah. work for. Yep. And that and that's to say, I don't want to get on this podcast right. and be like, poor me. Like, yeah, right. You know, of course. oh, yeah. man, you know, like, <laughs> I have to go to this trade show, book hunts, or I'm not going to eat. I got to go home and tell my wife, like, you know, we got to fold up the doors. Like, it's not, it's not that. But it's a I struggle. Get, it's a grind. But, yeah. But just like I say, the trade show, Instagram, Facebook, oh, you're 28 on a ranch. Oh, man, your truck. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like. You know, you don't you don't see you all. You're only seeing the highlight reel. You don't know. You know, there's days you come home and you're just like, man, I don't know. That's what's gonna happen. You I know? think that's a, with a lot of things. Like being a fisherman, and everybody would be like, oh man, it, it you catch the biggest fish ever. Well, we we fished seven days to catch that one fish, or whatever the case may be. And that's the same for you, man. You know, it's yeah. even the big deer hunting, and you just have a million and one pictures of big deer and stuff. Yeah. So what what exactly does does pheasant run do? Because it, it's not just deer hunting, right? Correct. Yep. So our hashtag under our logo it says hunting and cattle co, and we are that so we we try to say that everything we do has to benefit it can't be at the demise of something else so for instance we're big up one bird hunting lodge mm-hmm. we we own almost a thousand acres and then we lease more but a lot of that is native grass crp and people will say well, why don't you just graze all that and run 100 mama cows you know or 200 mama cows it's like well if we did that we wouldn't have grass to bird hunt and then other people are like well, why don't you just like let it all grow and bird hunt everything. It's like, well, if we did that, then we wouldn't have anything for cows. So right. everything, there has to be a balance in everything that we do. Um, we were talking, uh, another gentleman at the show here, went about uh, next year's farming plan. It's like, I'm, I got winter wheat and I got milo. When we harvest the milo, it leaves a lot of residue that I can graze that for cattle. I can hunt it. It's good for the birds. I can put some of that milo in the bin and feed birds, you know, fill my deer feeders, things like that with your own uh, right per, you know i don't have to go buy a 50 dollar bag of deer corn you know so being self-efficient yeah so so that's that's kind of what i tell everybody is um 
we're diverse and everything has to play off one another. You know, we, we raise hay, we raise, you know, the typical corn, beans, wheat, milo, farm stuff that you see out the window driving down the road. But, but, uh, different than Iowa <laughs> driving down the road in Iowa is like corn and beans to the fence row. And in our neck of the woods, we've got, we've got farm and then, you know, 30 foot native grass buffer strips. We're not trying to farm every acre and, and things like that. So, cause you're trying to use it for other things also. Yeah. yeah. Now Kansas, they have a, their own sustained population of birds, or do you do a lot of like stocking or something? Like, cause where I come from, everything is stocked. There yeah. is no natural birds. Yep. So we and everyone's asked us that here today. They're like, well, we don't have to go pheasant hunting because we can do that down the right. road. You know, stock one. We do both. We have a controlled shooting area where you can do that. A lot of guys bachelor parties, corporate groups. Like one guy picked up a pamphlet. He's like, can I shoot 100 birds? We're like, you bet. We have that for that. And then we've got stuff that's that we own and manage, and we leave food plots standing. You know, when I go home, if we actually have a rain, i got to burn native grass and, and, and plant wildflowers, things like that. So we can offer both uh, to people. Because a lot so. of guys are doing it for the experience to, to bring their own dogs or yeah. to hunt a different state. Because, you know, a lot of people, I think they, they maybe not take for granted, but overlook the fact that, you know, like guys will go to different states to hunt whitetails. But it's the same with upland birds. Yeah. People go to hunt North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas. Oh, absolutely. They hunt all over just to hunt the upland birds. Upland bird is a, is a big thing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They, uh, like I say, there's just two different t- types of people, and we, we have everything for both of them. So there's guys that um, bring want to bring their own dogs. They I call them like the traditionalist or like the purist. Mm-hmm. You know, they like they, we want to walk all day and kill one bird, but we don't care. Like it's enjoy it's, the outdoors. Yeah, like we just want to say that we hunted a wild bird and and that's it. And like I say, you got the other guys that's like we want to be done by 8:30 and drinking beer by 8:31. You know, <laughs> like I mean, and so. Uh, and I like them both. I like I like both groups that come through our doors, and and uh, I can't tell you I got one or the other, but we offer both in that regards. That's so. like you know that's that's like the recurve guys, and then the crossbows, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's just like yeah. Is it every every what's so funny is every sport has its own. Um, I won't say drama or click, but yeah, like even at this show, like oh, did you shoot that deer with a con- you know a crossbow? Like oh, that, you know, it's like you shot that bird. Was it on a controlled shooting area? Oh well, you know that your my dog's only on wild birds, and right. you know my dog's broke on preserver. And yeah, it's funny how it's not funny actually. If we're being honest, like the sport needs less of that if you know if if it's gonna for the better. But but it is kind of the same, you know. It, but for guys like us who who are you know that's how we make a living right so like with you with you guiding and stuff you don't care who comes there i mean it's i mean whether you're you're a recurve guy or a traditionalist or you're not and you just want to shoot a bunch of birds and it's the same with me being kind of in the taxidermy world is i don't care how you shot it you could shoot it with a grenade if you want to i mean it's it's still money coming in so you don't care you just Mm -hmm. whoever whatever you want to do man absolutely so i want you know, turkey season coming up. How, how's how's the turkey hunting in Kansas? It is awesome. Really? It is. I feel like it's like a little sleeper state. So we're in our part of Kansas. You can shoot almost primarily Rios. You, we've got we've got some Easterns. We've got some hybrids, but we've got Rios. And we got a full body turkey up there in the booth that, you know, people stop by and like, oh, man, you got Merriam's? Like, no, it's a Rio. Like, <laughs> it's not a Merriam's. But, uh, oh, man, it's great. And one guy was watching... So, again, backing up, when I said I was from the east side of the state, east side of the state, Missouri River coming down, you got the bluffs. In the morning, you wake up turkey hunting, and, I mean, there's just – they're ringing out. I mean, and I've never hunted Kentucky or Tennessee or, like, the south, but I would would probably compare it to that. 
And then you move out to north central Kansas, and you're like, there are no trees out here. There is nothing out here. There is no turkeys out here. Like, there's no way. But they're everywhere. And it's almost, we call them pasture birds. Like, I mean, they they roost in trees. I don't want to say it makes it easier, but it it's, you know, there's only so many trees. So well, you, just, you start calling and they just show up out of nowhere. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, you just got your honey holes and, and there's not very many trees, not for them to go, but, um, it's a different type of hunting because like I say, some of them we call them pasture birds. I mean, they'll fly down from the roost and go out in the middle of a pasture and it's like, there's no way to get to that bird. You know, if he's end up like, so. So what do you do? A lot of reaping or how do you? We do that. Um. But, I mean, just like everybody else, you know, call them in. In Kansas, you can hunt all day. So, honestly, some guys, I'll tell them sleep in, and we'll go out in the afternoon and, and just go get one fired up. I like to walk what little creek bottoms we have with, like, a crow call and get one fired up and then just sit down. That's and then I just like let them do. come on yep. coming in. Yep. That's what I like to do the best, honestly. And so that that late morning, I, you made a very valid point, and everybody talks about it, that 10 to 2, right? Which yep. is like, they leave them hens, things get all kind of crazy, you get on in there, you crack them off, and then it's game on. They come in, I think, it, for I know for us in the, on the eastern birds, if you don't get them off the roost, you might as well just pack it up, go home, Eat breakfast. and then come back yep. in, and then you're going to tear them up. Yep. I mean, and it, it's probably got to be tough guiding, because guys want to be out there hunting from sun up to sundown. Yeah, and the the turkey season honestly talking about all the things that we guide whitetail upland bird everything turkey season for me is the most fun thing that i guide when people's when people say like oh you get to hunt for a living or guide for a living like it's still work it's 100 percent work but so you know i don't want to say that not every day is fun but it, you, you it's work right but turkey hunting is fun because when somebody shoots a turkey i mean they just light up it's it's almost like shooting a 200 inch deer sometimes um Man, I lost my train of thought. No, and, but, but you're a little bit but, more involved in into yeah, the turkey hunting what also. I'm saying, what I'm saying, though, is like like during turkey season, we're also like calving. It's spring planting time. So you talk about like you talk about guys want to hunt all day. You We start our day earlier, like this last year during turkey season, we we're calving. So I wake up even earlier than you would as a guide to go check cattle, feed cattle, then go up, get guys up, go turkey hunt. And then, like you said, in your head, if you're just hunting with your buddies, you're like, oh, we'll just pack it in, go home, eat breakfast. I can go do other stuff. Right. But guys want to the get, the get their money's worth. So you're hunt, 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 hunt. Kansas can hunt all day long. And then you come back, and you got to feed your dogs in the dog kennel because, yeah, you know, I got dogs, cows, all that stuff. And it is, and it gets dark later and they are the longest days. I mean, so it's it, it's tough. Turkey I couldn't season. imagine me being a hardcore turkey hunter. When I tell it to everybody, that is the most tiring season because you're up at the ash crack of dawn. You hunt all or most of the day, right? Yeah. And then you you're trying to roost birds and trying to get on yep. them for that night. So then it's nine ten o'clock, and then you do it again. But for someone like you that has a million other chores to do around the farm, yeah. forget it. Yep, yep. On lunch, some you know you're trying to squeeze in something uh, uh, during lunch. You know, you get cows that get out and things. This last hunting season, I actually, I I sold a bunch of cows because the prior hunting season, I, I brought in some cows and things. And, 
And uh, I just told myself, I told my wife, I said, I said, I'm working way too hard on these cattle and I need to double down and really focus on the hunting because we're trying to do it all. And I've got a kid now, best thing ever. But it's like, I, I don't want to be working that hard. That this hard. So <laughs> how many head of cattle do you do you have on the ranch? So right now, right now, we've just got a few mama cows. Like it fluctuates. Sometimes we'll buy some heifers and bring them in and develop them and breed them and sell them back. Sometimes we got steers. So at any given time, there might be 100, 150. Right now, there's just like 30 mama cows cows spring yep. cows so so what do you you use them all for their beef cows or yep, some of them we have our we have our own private label beef company as well so we've got some steers on feed that we'll process and you can order beef from us and we ship it anywhere in the lower 48 Jeez. But, but again i'm again i'm backing off some of that and st- stepping on the brakes on some of that because i i have i have been you know overworked and so 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 i and and i don't want to i mean obviously whatever i i don't really want to dive into it too much but what is somewhere that somebody could go to do that if they were interested in getting some type of beef from you yeah you you can just get on our website uh we just uh started a new website took down our old one and uh, put up a new one and you just hit the contact us and and again prior to that we've have we have it's through pheasant run ranch run ranch uh dot net Yep, you'll find us. So once you go in there, then you can get the beef yeah, in there. Yeah, there's a there's a ranch tab, and you'll click on ranch and go down and click on Akiushi beef. Which so even further. Oh, it's Akiushi. It's a breed of wagyu. It's a red okay. version. So even even more than just beef, it's it's the uh, expensive stuff. I guess you could say. That. Last yeah. night, uh, funny. So everybody knows I'm. Uh, I met you through Devin, so you guys all know who Devin is. Um, he's the one that Ruby came from, but. Th- uh, we ended up going out to dinner last night, and they had that steak, and it was $35 an ounce, yeah. and it was a minimum of four ounces, and Devin was like, I want it so bad. I want it so bad, was, but it's so expensive. I was texting him last night. I was like, you guys coming out? You guys coming out? He's like, I don't know, man. We just dropped like a bunch of money at this restaurant, and I didn't say much about it till this morning, and he was telling me like, oh, we had like Wagyu, $100 an ounce, you know, whatever, and I was like, Look, man, if you're gonna spend that kind of money, you could just give me that, and I'd send you a whole freezer. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, dang, like, or give me that restaurant's business card. I don't know uh, where they're at, but if you're listening out there, I want your business card. Yeah, exactly. I, will, I will send you if you're selling it for that much. I will send you our beef. So there's no, nothing but, wrong with that. Yeah, no, I was giving him crap. I was like, dude, I would give you a whole freezer for what you guys spent last night at one restaurant. So it's anyway. But you know what? You do those things. I mean, like like yourself, we were talking on the on the walk down to where we're. Pod- podcasting is you're here for the enjoyment and have a good time and so so if you go out and you have a good meal or you drink one too many beers that's okay man you're with your friends and you're doing what you love so it's it's okay to do those things i think like we were talking on the way down it's it's not like going to a casino. I don't gamble or anything, but some guys who go to casinos, they say like, well, oh man, you, you spend a hundred bucks at the casino or a thousand bucks. And some people say, well, that's just the cost of having fun. And so we were talking, you know, what's your booth cost? You know, did you book enough hunts to cover for your booth, cover your fuel, cover your food if you went and had right. you know, steak? I'm a tight ass. So like I brought some of our beef and stuff and cooked in the Airbnb for these dudes. I, I kid awesome. you not, our booth next to us was like, what'd you guys eat last night? We're like, oh, Wagyu fillets. And they're like, get out. I'm like, yeah, in our Airbnb. What? <laughs> he goes, I'm like, yeah. I brought him from home. Like, I was tight ass. I wasn't trying to go out and spend yeah, but a bunch I'd of money, rather but have that than than go out and yeah. have processed food or whatever something that's not the greatest. Yeah. But all in all, what I'm uh, getting at is, is if I go home and I sit down, and you're like, dang, you spent this much money to be in Des Moines. At the end of the day, I'm just chalking it up as like that's the cost. I was willing to spend that much to have a good time and network and do stuff like this. You know, right. like you can't you can't put a price on networking and and you know again if I don't book any hunts, like 
I got to see Devin and some of these guys I haven't seen six, seven years. Right. And, and other booths and stuff, somebody was like, oh, Brady, you know, and it's like, man, I haven't seen you in forever. You know, it seems like yesterday, but it's been eight, ten years, and it feels good, you know. So. Absolutely. Hey, talking about beef, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. I want to talk about the deer hunting in okay. Kansas because it's something that's kind of been on my radar is is Kansas deer hunting, dude. It's It's been something – it was back in the day was like the talk of it, right, was like that was the state to go was Kansas. Oh, yeah. And then it was Pike County, Illinois, and then now it's Iowa and Ohio starting to really punch on in there. Take us through what how your camp is run with the deer hunting side. Yeah, so our deer hunting, um, again, primary uh, primary business is upland bird hunting. But in some of our leases and in some of the ground that we get, so, you know, I have a farmer approach me last year, leased his ground. He's got some really good upland bird hunting, but the other half of it, you're really not going to upland bird hunt it, really good deer hunting. So that's kind of why we're here trying to book deer hunts, because we do have incredible deer hunting opportunities. Um Everything at our camp is private. Um, you talk about uh, these other states and things. Our goal with our camp, I guess our overall mission, is we want to kill like those 180, 200-inch deer. Our, you know, our minimums, if you have 140-inch eight-pointer, that's a, that's a good deer. But I'm not out to run 100 or 200 hunters through my camp. I really want to take five to ten guys a year and be done. And, just, and all I'm doing is just kind of covering that lease. Like, I got this ground that I'm not using i don't say i'm not using it but you know it's it's prime deer hunting and i'm just why not you know um and so we had somebody who's like what's your success rate or you know how many guys hunted with you last year and i was like i had three guys hunt with me last year and their eyes get as big as saucers like oh like they're scared of that it's like no but all three of them had opportunities like two of the three killed and the one guy missed and the one he missed is 187 you know giant you know right of course and and so that's that's i guess kind of how my camp is run our lodge is private to your party um and yeah, I mean, because we are farming and ranching, I mean, it's like you're scouting all the time. So, you know, we got alfalfa, we're putting up hay and stuff. You get toward later, August, September, it's like they come out on the field like ants. And it's so awesome. I love to just drive around and look at stuff and and uh, kind of take it in because I'm working so hard I forget what I'm working for. Right. But, but yeah, that's like when we were talking, um, oh, maybe maybe I'm rambling too much, but I guess that's kind of how our camp is run. It's we, we want to run less hunters, shoot you know, 160 inch deer better and hopefully get five to 10 guys that come every year and we'll work our asses off to manage the deer so that we can shoot. Talking about why some of these states, oh, it's first it's Pike County, then it's Iowa, then it's this. I think it's because it all, they flock there and they just like they beat decimate it, it. and yep, then, and then it it's up. like on to the next one. So I don't know. I'm I think not it's dogging m- anybody else's no. business, but. Oh. Of I think course, that happens. but I think it's important that you run a camp like that. And in all, all honesty, because there's a lot of guys out there that want that one-on-one thing. And I, I was talking to a good buddy of mine who has a um, has a little outfit in business in, in Illinois, uh, Austin Chandler. And he his thing is he doesn't take that many guys in there. And you know he may have ten guys, and you know seven of them are successful. But the deer that they're shooting are caliber deer. They're mature deer, big mature deer. And and that's what you want. You yeah. want that, man. And you, you don't want the commercialized customers that just want to come and shoot a deer. If you want to come and do that, there's other places to do that. You you are specifically trying to target big mature whitetails. Oh, yeah. And that's important. Yeah. And then I would rather pay double the money to go there for that experience and eat that tag but know that that deer that I shoot could be that once-in-a-lifetime deer that I'm going to shoot. Yeah, and that's why I say if I, I'm wanting to find 
a quality group of guys that like in our pamphlet, you know, it's a, and I, I don't ever to, maybe I've said it on the podcast, but I try not to ever say clients. So everybody who comes to hunt with us, whether it's Upland Bird, Dove, I don't care if they're just booking an Airbnb, like they're a guest. And, and then I, we were talking about turkey hunting here. I got a guy coming to hunt over Easter weekend. I'm not even going to be there. You know, I got I to gotta be, I got other obligations. But uh, he's been so many times, I can just, like, hand him the keys to the farm and be like, good luck, you know. And I know he's not going to disrespect anything, get me in trouble, you know. And it's like, I want that with my whitetail hunters. Like you said, a guy comes, eats a tag sandwich, but he's like, that's okay. August, I'm texting him pictures. Hey, man, we're going to get this deer next year. Hey, man, he put on 20 inches, 30 inches. You know, that's what that's what I want, you know, is, is like that family. Type. You want a family community yeah, to, yeah. to be running through your camp. Yeah, just like that. But you want that, though, in all honesty, because, you know, I've been in camps before and gone to outfitters and stuff, and they're all great. I've been in some of one. I've been in some really, really fun, fun outfitters, but you want that. That's the feel that you want. You want to be there like... And, and I went and hunted with a good friend of mine, Bow and Bridal, up in up, uh, upstate New York. Um, he has a, a, fence, a, a high fence preserve, mm-hmm. and then he has a, a wild side. And I went there for the experience just to do it, to see what it was like. Like, how can I talk to somebody and talk down on preserve hunting or high fence hunting if I've never done it? Because mm-hmm. you, you can't, man. You have to experience it. So I went there, and Steve is one of the best guys I have ever spent in deer camp. He come in. He ate dinner with us every single night. We told stories. He hunted by our side. I mean, it was like being with a good buddy in hunting camp. And, and that's one good thing about the hunting community also is we have something that's relatable. I just mentioned today, but I feel like we've been friends for yeah. 20 years. You oh, know, 100%. you get to talk forever. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's it seems like you have that passion and that drive, and that's what you put back into your camp. Yep. Yeah, that's what we that going back to the style of hunting. That's that's what we want it to be. Is I don't want I don't I have a Chevy Suburban. It's like an 01 Suburban to my guide rig, but I don't want three or four strangers in that and me driving them around. You know, I'd rather have three or four guys that came together. They want to hunt together and they come back every year. You know, and a lot of people I don't think that they understand the you know they might get a little bit cheaper of a hunt to go with somebody different right but they don't understand like bear camp bear camp is one of those things that i, I kind of you can see and you can picture it as that um they go up there they got 25 guys they got 25 bait sets and they drive in they drop the guy off at, at the one bait and then they drop the next guy at the bait and then they drop you know and then they come back and they pick them up yeah that's not that's not hunting camp to me yeah it's not i don't know i just weird about it i guess well even like talking about our pheasant hunts we've had some guys uh, not necessarily at this show and again we offer both so i'm not turning anybody away from this we can right. we have the the csa shoot 100 birds and we have the you know mm-hmm. the wild side but even in the type of hunters we've recently had some people who hunt south dakota and they're like man we want to hunt kansas we want to hunt you know my lodge only sleeps eight i say only but it's a it's it's what it is so you got to have a minimum party of four because we don't have multiple parties into the time and guys have gotten burned out on that at other lodges you know they go to four million dollar lodge but they're riding a school bus with you know other dudes and it's very commercialized yeah yeah and i'm not saying again i'm not dogging on that because maybe maybe one day you know i don't know like if i were to build a new lodge it's like well if you build a new lodge you'd have to you might have to do that you know right but, to make the money yeah but but anyway i'm that's not on my radar but anyway listening it's like oh man he's built building a new lodge <laughs> no, buckle no. up <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> it happens though. But it, but if that's what you know, some people that's how they run their camp, man. And if that's what they enjoy, that's what they enjoy, yeah. man. It, it is what it is. Yep. But anyway, what I do want to ask you: What is one of the craziest guided 
stories that you've ever had with oh, crazy things dude. that happened to you because oh, i know man being a guide a fishing guide myself i know that there's something out there that's like wild so i'm gonna you're you're gonna hear it here first folks on the podcast my dad always said like you should write a book because i've i'm gonna tell you a long-winded story to answer this question that's just how i am but my dad wants me to write a book because i've got you know kids that shot their first pheasant I've guided at other places where this dude was like, you know, I don't think he's 90, but he, he was an older gentleman, father, uh, father, son, and just heartfelt stories, you know, write a book. And I said, if I write a book, the first book I'm going to drop is going to be hashtag guide life. And all it is going to be is just the craziest shit <laughs> that I've seen and my buddies have seen and I could, I have got some stories, and unfortunately, like, I don't even know, I don't even know it would be the best one, and it's, I hate to dog guys that, I'm not dogging guys that hunt me, uh, well, and obviously, you weed them out anyway. Right, of course, they um, don't come back to camp. Yeah, yeah, but I've had, I've had everything from, well, this isn't my story, I'll tell, the, I'll tell you two, but I had one just this year, semi-automatic shotgun, give the safety speech all the time, all about safety, folks, but... Uh, give the safety talk and things and good thing I did I mean the, the uh, this kid loaded a semi-automatic shotgun hit the button and it you know but when it went up bang went off and we're all standing around the truck and I'm just like man I'm glad I have a life insurance policy <laughs> like Jeez. you know but the, was it that type of gun that that it made was it go the, it off was the gun yeah, yeah it was not the individual like it was nothing to that hunting group not dogging them whatsoever but it's like stuff like that 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 just happens and i don't you don't see that stuff every day no. obviously and even like i could tell if i rattled off five or six stories you got this would be like over a 12 year period that i've right, seen this course. stuff it wasn't right. like all last year and guys at home listening like shoot i am not hunting Good. there right exactly but, no i've heard stories uh one of the guys that's guided for me uh they're hunting along and uh everyone always talks about and the upland bird especially on the, these corporate hunts and stuff they come in new boots new guns things like that have to put the gun together in the morning they're hunting along guys guy steps over to the side you know you you on upland bird hunting for people who've not done a lot of it you know you typically push to a block and then you reset the block with a truck or a ranger or whatever or you walk farther ahead and you need to unload your gun while you're resetting the block just to be safe like if you're going to get in a vehicle or do whatever like talking about school buses in south dakota uh this guy they push to the block kind of steps over the side away from everybody boom 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 shoots three times everyone's kind of like oh covey quail get up something guy's like no kind of brush it off and do it again reloads his gun they make a push get to the end go to get in the truck guy steps over the side boom 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 and so this time the guide walks over he's like man like what's your condition what's your deal man oh i don't know how to unload my gun like i just got this thing (laughs) so he's like We've been hunting now for like three hours, and this dude is unloading his gun by shooting it. I mean, like I said, I I want to write a book just just or something. Just well, all it could have been worse. Stories. He could have just he could have just brought it in the side by side and and had it loaded. <laughs> yeah, right? I uh, mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah, probably like my like I said, the most recent crazy. Like I say, that kid's gun that just went went off with you know and that's a and scary thing it's a, it's a scary thing and in the upland bird hunting community it's it's not funny but guides will make light we make light of it like oh yeah you know it's nothing to be pushing to a block and get shot at or you know not, you know 
we joke about it, but really everyone's everyone's outfit is is usually safe. But that's always like the you know like yeah I got shot last week, bro. Oh yeah, really? My dog got shot. You know, it's like you know what I you yeah, know exactly. how it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's not like that. But but yeah, that's the most recent one. And that's probably the craziest one. I, I don't know. I don't have. Wasn't like there a, an old pistol that if it dropped on the ground it would go off? What I don't remember which one, but if you dropped your pistol, it would just go off. The firing pin would just snap out of it. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a Russian roulette every yeah. time you go somewhere. <laughs> if you drop your pistol, right? Yeah. But there, there has been problems with shotguns and stuff that semi-automatics when you snap it forward yeah. it hits the primer and then it goes off yeah but that was i mean what that's one of the number one keys to to gun safety always point it in the right direction yeah you know because of that reason if that happens yep we got dick cheney over here in yeah. kansas that's, so I yeah, shoot yeah each other that's, in the ass, that's right? the that's the uh, yeah that's the uh uh cliche right there yeah. that's the, that's the joke <laughs> like you give the safety speech there's always that one guy like yeah no one's gonna dick cheney me today right yeah. and it's just like Heard that one a thousand times. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, heard that one yesterday. That's why I'm not laughing. Exactly. Anyway. (laughs) No, I think of it, I think of it, like, talking about crazy stories like that, I I think of it like, uh, well, talking about being in the business and thing, like, you just, you just got to put on your costume in the morning, like, put on your uniform and just, and just roll with it. Like, somebody says something like that, you just, you just Whatever happens. You're not being fake, but you just, you got to remember you're, you're providing a service and entertainment and. You're in the entertainment business. So you just. You just roll with it. And and it's the great thing about it is, especially, you know, going back to the whole guide life thing is when, when you're a guide, I mean, you get to bust balls with the rest of them. You get to hang out with the guy. It's like deer camp every day of your life. But with that, you lose out on a lot of your time of being out in the woods. So you don't get a lot of time to upland hunt. You don't get no. a lot of time to turkey hunt. You don't get a lot of time to deer hunt. You don't get a lot of time to spend with your family because you're putting that service out there for everybody else. Yeah. You are the ringleader of all of that every single day. Yeah. There is there's so much I could speak on on that is like going back to the Instagram and like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you. So I've got I've got a buddy. He farms and ranches. And he's like, I, just, I can't believe you just let people hunt. I, I would have all that locked down. I'd be hunting all the time. Like, and I'm like, dude, I have to run an outfitter in order to farm. Like, I can't, you can't be 28 and make it farming starting out unless you inherit it or do whatever. Um, so there's that token. And then I got somebody's like going on Instagram. Oh, you must hunt all the time. Or, you know, I don't carry, I don't let my guides, and most of them don't anyway, but I don't carry a gun guiding anything. Waterfowl, upland bird, obviously not deer, but anything. And I get, like, talking about weeding out your guides, I'll get guys message me like, hey, man, looking for a guide? Yeah, actually, I am. Do you guys get to, next question, do you guys get to carry a gun? Nope. You're on the, nope. Like, not happening. Not happening. It's not here for and you, so it's it, for them. Yeah, but, pe- yeah, so people are like, it'd be like owning a steakhouse and eating your steak, like, every night. Like, you're not going to sell it if you're sitting there eating it. But, um, but yeah, people think you hunt all the time and you don't. And then you tack on the work side of things, too, um, you know, go down that rabbit hole, but on the flip side of things, we were talking with the ladies upstairs. They have this booth next to us. And I said, uh, I said, there are, but I've chosen my hard, my, my level of hard that I'm, this lady was talking about how she was working in a cubicle and how she loves going to these trade shows now. She just, and she mostly does it for fun because she's retired and she used to be in sales and she likes going to these trade shows because she gets to interact with people and things. And when she was working in a cubicle, didn't like that. And I said, I've chosen my level of hard when I talked, when I was, you know, giving my sob story and bitching about, you know, everything else. But I'm willing to tolerate that level of hard. There are some days when I come in, you know, you're at a trade show, it's work. And it's like, uh, somebody's like, man, looks like you're having a good time. It's like, 
because I am. Like, right. <laughs> I, like, I've chosen my level of hard, and even if it is hard, like... Uh, it's enjoyable. It's, it is enjoyable. So, like, uh, you know, you can say, oh, bummer, you don't get to hunt all the time, but it's like, you know what, I am outside all the time. You know what, like, it's Sunday, and I'm getting... I mean, it's a work-related trip, you know, right. or it's Tuesday and you don't have anybody around. And it's like, you know, I'm going to go, out. I'm going to, I am going to go out like you for are. 20 minutes. Yeah. Like I don't have to book a hunt or go hunt public or do whatever, like not dogging the public. I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm getting at is, is, uh, you're, you, it's just, you're, it's what you're willing to tolerate, you know, yeah. to make you happy. Absolutely. And so. You know, you, but going back on the kid that shoots his first pheasant or whatever you get to enjoy somebody's first every single day that you're out in the woods or you get to experience there you get to bring somebody into the outdoors that may not have had to that smile on their face that you know that 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 passion that love you you are the first one to instill that in people oh yeah when they shoot their first big buck or their yeah. first rio or whatever the and case that's what my be. dad wants me to write a book on that and it's like i'll get i'll get to that after after my funny yeah. funny story to launch the book writing career but no 100% like going back to turkey hunting that's why i love guiding turkey hunting cuz they just get yacked i mean and it's just oh man it's awesome well that's like, adrenaline cuz you're the cuz you're in it with them you're just as much a part of the hunt up when bird hunting birds flying by and people missing them and you're just kind of like ah oh, you know like it, you're not in it like you are if when you're sitting back to back on a tree even though you're not carrying a gun like that's that just gets oh like you said, it. I agree 100%. You live vicariously through your guests that come through. Like, and the same thing. Uh, talking about our deer hunters we had last year, man. Like you just, you're just in it with them. You know. But but you have that passion for it. There's a lot of people that don't have that. They have a, a jealousy factor with them, and you can't have that when you're guiding. It's. Dude, you shot the biggest deer. You're probably more excited for them because they don't really understand at that point until after. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yep. it's it's an amazing thing. It really yep. is. And going back to guests, we have guests, not clients. I see it all the time. Like, uh, need four clients for Friday or whatever. It's like I I want guests. I want family because I that that is the it, to a guest. It, it to your point. Like if you're if you're a client, not a guest, but if you're a client, you are just a number. And it's like, man, I'm glad you shot that deer so I can get paid and go. You know. Whatever I can move on. Yeah, I can go do the next thing. And it's like if you're if you're a guest or if you're family, of course you're gonna be yacked when you know right. pumped up when somebody shoots whatever you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, Brady, I got one last question, man. Before we wrap this bad boy okay. up, is that is what drives you outdoors, man? Man, I don't know. I I gotta give a shout out to Rod Roach. This guy. Um, I'll, again, I always answer these questions with long-winded stories. This is how it's I all am. right. But there's a gentleman that was here. I mean, at this it is show. a talk show. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> there's a gentleman that came to this show, drove up from St. Joe, Missouri, and um, I, obviously my dad. Give my dad a shout out because he he got me hunting, interested in hunting, did so much for me. Man, it almost makes you emotional talking about it. But this guy Rod Roach was at this show, came up here, and I told him I said uh, he was just like, man, we're hobnobbing with the rich folk. Give me, give me shit, you know. And, but none of what drives me to be outdoors, I, I, to be honest, I don't even know. I just know it's like in me, like when you got it, you got it. Mm -hmm. And it would not have been without my dad and some of these guys taking me hunting. I wouldn't even have a hunting lodge if this guy would not have gotten up at four in the morning and taken me hunting. Like I said, it makes you emotional, but it's it like, does. like we have not been drinking folks. It's not like, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's just real, man. It's because, because I think about, you know, talking about a ranch and, you know, Yellowstone, tie it all back yeah. in. It's like, 
you don't understand how it I can't even answer it because yeah. it's just in you. It's, it's just a passion. It's just it's just there. I I wake up and and man, it's like oh, it's negative twenty outside, but it's like I get I get to do this, mm-hmm. and I don't know for how long. Maybe I don't book hunts. Maybe I have to close up shop. And and there'll be people, the people that tell you you work too hard now, will tell you you didn't work hard enough later. But I mean, I'm just living in it. It's all I'm just soaking it in because I I can't even answer that question. But anyway, to those guys. Uh, that's what gets me outdoors because I'm like, if I can do, which I do, being a hunting right. lodge, if I can just put that in somebody else or help somebody else feel the way I do, like can't even answer that question, they just know, like, that's what I want. So could you imagine, and I said it was the last question, but it's totally not, What? because it, it, with the passion and everything that's in you, and you can see it in your eyes, man, like you really live, breathe, and dream it, the family, not clients, family, it's an amazing thing. Could you imagine your life without the outdoors? No, I couldn't, and being here in Des Moines, Iowa, and in the city here, walking back and forth to the event center, it's like, I don't know how some people live in the concrete jungle and never even touch grass, you know, under their feet. Especially yeah. with you, you live in the prairie where it's just flat, it's just, <laughs> it's... It's the true outdoors, man. Yeah, it's in the sticks. Yeah. And these people, they don't even know what the outdoors is. They don't even know what, and they and they kind of bash on the hunting aspect of it, but they don't understand. And like you, I couldn't imagine my life without the outdoors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You asked what drives me. My truck to the outdoors well, takes me there. <laughs> but dad jokes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the outdoors. I don't know what drives me to the outdoors. I can't imagine my life without the outdoors and I'm still, I don't want to find out what that's like. And, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what that thing is like that drives me to the outdoors. I'm still trying to find it. I don't think that, I think that that's a, uh, an unanswered question when we ask it because they're, they're really there's so many meanings to that thing and it's just what touches you the most there's no wrong answer to it and normally when i do ask that question i say to him i say what drives you outdoors other than your car because everybody (laughs) thinks it's funny and they're like my car or my e-bike you know it's like geez yeah exactly well man why don't you tell everybody where they can find you if they want to check you out and and kind of see what you got going on on instagram facebook yeah uh pheasant run ranch kansas uh pheasant run ranch ks on instagram as in the abbreviation for Kansas, uh, bburke 66 on Instagram. That's uh, you personally. Yeah, my personal Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Pheasant Run Ranch. Uh, websites, pheasantrunranch.net, pheasantrunranch.com. Pretty much all of them will take you there. Google Pheasant Run Ranch Kansas, it'll pop up. And so. I'll link them down below yeah. so everybody can kind of find along and see what's going on. Yep. Well, man, it, man. I, I no, I appreciate you and what you're doing, dude. Keep on what you're doing. Yeah, it's an amazing thing, and the passion is something else, and the family and the community that you're building is is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's great. I wouldn't I wouldn't want any other way. And for, sure. for everybody else, man, thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive. Yeah.